0: Well, good morning. You guys can have a seat. Um, as you can tell, I'm not Bart. <laughs> I'm a little less bald, so I'm um, <laughs> talking about a little, a lot less bald. Um, I'm the youth pastor here at Eagles View Church. If you don't know me, my name's Kyle Neiman. Um, glad I can be here with you guys today. Uh, I hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, this is my first Thanksgiving uh, as a married man. I got married three weeks ago. Yes! All right! Yeah! Yay, me! Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I got married three weeks ago, so this is the first Thanksgiving to have two Thanksgivings, um, which is really intense, by the way. Um, I'm not talking about just, like, family tension. I'm talking about on my waistline. It's intense. Uh, first Thanksgiving, I was with my family and my my mom's family and stuff like that, and uh, I I was really full after that, and I ate, like, tiny little portions, and, like... But, you know, like 30 different dishes and tiny little portions still uh, adds up to a ton of food. And then I went to Maddie's family and uh, just gorged myself. I just got a double dose of gluttony this week. So um, just be happy for those of you who only had one Thanksgiving. um, I'm paying for it. So, well, thank you. Thank you all for being here. Um, Just I love Thanksgiving. I think Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Um, I I love food. Um, My my waistline shows that. Um, I really enjoy it. But um, the great thing about Thanksgiving is obviously just the, the opportunity to give thanks, to, to really focus on that. And every Thanksgiving, we, we really often, I don't know if your family the same or not, but you usually hear the same f- big three thankses, th- thankfulnesses. There we go. Um, usually hear, thank you for my family, uh, thank you for um, what you've given us, God, and uh, thank you for God. Uh, th- those are usually the bi- the biggest ones. Um, oftentimes you you hear, you know, maybe a specific prosperity. Um, you, you often hear health. You know, God, thank you for my health. But it really kind of stays within those basic, overarching things. I'll be honest with you. I never really gave um, the heart of Thanksgiving very much thought. Um, I really. Would say, usually when I was a kid, I'd probably say, oh, I'm thankful for my parents and thankful for my brothers. But I was really thinking, I'm really thankful for my G.I. Joe action set. But they would tell me, that's not something you can be thankful for. I'm like, what are you talking about? It shoots rockets. Of course I can be thankful for that. But as I grew up, obviously I, I understood how important the love for a family is. And um, I, I learned to really treasure my good health. Um, as you see so many people who struggle with with their health and things like that, then, of course, God. Well, God is always good. And if we really believe that, we believe that God is always good, then Thanksgiving should always be on our heart. And here's the thing. Um, This Sunday, um, well, today, Bart asked me to preach. Uh, He's getting a much-needed day of rest. And... When Bart asked me to preach, he mentioned, hey, you could preach on Thanksgiving. And I was like, that's cliche, you know. I'm a little above that being a youth pastor and all, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I had a little sudden kind of stint of pride. And I'm like, no, you know. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, I'm going to talk about God's authority, you know, just the authority of God. And as I started studying for, for the authority of God and, and really just the amazingness of of the authority he's placed over our lives and over this world and and the earthly authorities he's placed in this world. The more I thought about that, the more I started giving thanks to God. It just started sinking in that the whole time I really should have been talking about thankfulness. Because honestly, my heart wasn't constantly thankful for what God's done. Today I'm going to talk about several different things of how we need to be thankful for God. I think it's one of those things that that we forget that thankfulness being an act of worship, we need to be thankful for God every day. And so what does that look like? And so I'll start where I started this week of being thankful for God's authority. Um, When I was a kid, um, to put it nicely, I was energetic. Um, That's, yeah, that's, yeah, um, I, I probably had ADHD or something like that, never fully diagnosed, but my family very graciously put up with me. I was just kind of a, a wild, easily distracted kid, and you, hopefully you don't notice that too much while I'm preaching. The youth notice it on Wednesday nights. I preach, and I'm like, oh, there's a dog. What? Huh, that was crazy. What was I talking about? Somebody remind me. Um, <laughs> so that's usually what goes on with me, But um, so I'm going to try to stay focused. So when I was a kid, I got easily, even more easily distracted. So that made simple things like my mom taking her sons to the mall very difficult because I would see a candy store and run for it and just like, candy? What? Yes, and go. Um, whereas my older brother would just stand there and laugh. Like, <laughs> Kyle's leaving us. That's great. And uh, if if my younger brother was even um out of a stroller or anything like that. He was probably just looking around like, I guess I should be laughing like he is. Ha <laughs> ha, you know. So I would get easily lost and my mom would turn around, and I'd just be gone. Um I was quick for my little chubby kid that I was. So my mom decided to take action and uh she got what is called a leash. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um <laughs> My mom's actually here today. She's not very proud of me uh, bringing up the leash story because you all know how you look at leash parents, you know, but you need to be thinking about the kid. We're crazy. In my memory, although she says it was just like one of those wristband leashes, in my memory, it was like a harness, like chains and duct tape, like holding me in. Honestly, it was, it was most likely a wrist strap. I don't re- really remember. I just remember a leash. And I, I remember, like, trying to tug away from it, like, Oh it burns! Ah, oh, it burns so much! And my mom was probably saying, that's because you're tugging at it. Stay beside me and you'll learn. And I'm like, all right. So, yes, I was a leash kid. I was one of those. Uh, it, it wasn't the comfy, cuddly monkey leash. Have you all seen those? The ones that look like a stuffed animal on the kid's back? It's kind of creepy to me. I don't know. <laughs> that's just me. But I was a leash kid. And here's, here's the honest truth. My mom did that uh, and, and braved the dirty looks from people in malls and stuff like that because she knew that if I wasn't restrained, physically restrained, that if I ran off in the mall, that's, there's a possibility that would be the last time she saw me. Because I wasn't a bright kid. I'd run off. It's one of those things that we don't always realize about God's authority. Sometimes we try to fight it. Sometimes we fight against what what God has placed in our lives. But we have to realize that us running from God's authority leads us to destruction. I want to read this verse to you. Colossians uh, 1, verse 16 through 17 says this. For by him... All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him. And he was before all things. And in him, all things hold together. Now, if you believe the word of God, and you believe that truth, and you believe what it says there, that in him, in God, all things are held together, that is a reason to be thankful for him every day. When we wake up in the morning, the fact that this world isn't tearing itself apart is an idea that we need to be thankful for every single day we wake up. Because we, because of the fall of man, because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, we're sinners. And we are prone to run. It's just what we do. And so if God didn't place authority, didn't place um, thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities in this world and didn't have his divine authority in this world, uh, keeping everything together, keeping the chaos from breaking everything apart, then like a child running away from its mother, we'd just find destruction. It's a scary thing. And so it's something we obviously every day need to be thankful for is God's authority. Second thing we need to be thankful for, for God for, is his provision. I think it's one of the most easy things for us to be thankful for. Because so often we can look at a paycheck and we can go, God, thank you for this. Or we can we can look at food on a table and, and eat it and it fills us up and gives us energy. and We can go, God, thank you for this. We can look at a roof over our heads or friends or, or just our, our comfortable lives and just go, God, thank you. Thank you for this. But what we really need to be thankful for is not just the fact that God is, has provided for us in our lives. What we need to be thankful for is the realization that what God is giving us is not ours. It's his. I want you to look at this verse. This verse uh, is in First Chronicles 29.11. David says this. For all that is in, he- in the heavens and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom. This is what David is saying, David being a king and ruling over a kingdom saying, this is all yours. Everything that I have, it's completely yours. And so if that's the case, if everything that we have is, is God's and belongs to God, then what he's doing for us is he's entrusting it to us. He trusts us so much that he says, you take care of what I give you. Because if God took everything that was his, everything in this world that was his, and he used it the way he saw fit, every single aspect of it would bring glory to him. Because that is the nature of God. God would use everything in this world to bring glory to him. But he's entrusted that to us. That everything that you have brings glory to him. Like I said, I had two Thanksgivings this year. It's a lot of food. Double the turkey. Double the random casseroles and Double the pumpkin pie. Nothing wrong with double the pumpkin pie. <laughs> think many of you had double the pumpkin pie and you only have one Thanksgiving. So <laughs> try that on. All right. <laughs> but don't get me wrong. I really I, I love Thanksgiving. Like I said, it's my favorite holiday. I, I really, really do enjoy it. And God wants us to enjoy Thanksgiving. God wants us to enjoy what he gives us. But I want you to think of the ridiculousness if we treated every meal of every day of our lives as Thanksgiving. All right, so it would be like a random Thursday, and like, okay, kids, um, I'm, I'm making enchilada casserole tonight. There are six of them in the oven. Uh, there's three of you, that means two apiece. So uh, clean your plates. I made dessert. I made, made about 75 sopapillas. That would be 80, but your dad ate five of them. So sorry about that. I was a little hungry. I don't have kids, so it was a little weird doing that illustration. <laughs> but here's the thing you, that, that's ridiculous. And we chuckle because there's no way that you'd possibly treat every meal like that. Because even with leftovers in the fridge, you just build up more and more leftovers and they just end up rotting in the fridge. It would just be ridiculous. No one needs that much food. I'll never forget what a youth pastor told me when I was working at this last church. Um, as the associate student pastor, we were kind of going over our youth budget, and we were trying to trim up things. And he comes across this one budget line item that was Sunday, Sunday morning stuff, and it was just huge. And so he breaks it down, and the big expense was this student ministry was buying donuts every morning for every student in the student ministry. There was about 200 students in the student ministry. Every Sunday morning were getting free donuts, and there were probably enough for each kid to have two. And the thing was, he just looked at that, and we all looked at that, and we were like, that's ridiculous. And, and not to be crude, it was just really funny what he said. He goes, wow, it's like our budget is literally going down the toilet. Because <laughs> that's what it was. That's all it was was waste. Like, sorry for the crude joke, but it was really funny. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it really was that, though. It was the fact that there was nothing more purposeful than that providing a sugar rush for students on Sunday mornings. It wasn't bringing more students to the student ministry. In fact, it was probably sending students away because students were telling their kids, their friends to stay home because they wanted more donuts. <laughs> that makes more sense. So there was no eternal significance in that. So what we did was we cut that out completely, and while some of the students complained because they wanted their donuts, they eventually forgot about it, and we were able to apply that money for an eternal significance. That's the thing. I mean, do we look what God gives us, the the food, the money, the other provisions, the way God provides? We look at them, and do we say, I need this to bring glory to God. I need this to bring glory to God. Because when we look at it in that mindset, we have to be thankful that God has put so much trust in us. He said, look, I've given you what is mine, and I expect you to bring glory to me by that. I trust you to do that. And that we have a God, the creator of the universe, who looks at us and says, I trust you. That's amazing. God provides for those who don't even know him. And he trusts them. That's a loving God and a God worthy of being thankful for. So we need to be thankful for the God who provides us what is his. The third thing we need to be thankful for God for. This is a really obvious one. We need to be thankful for his son, for Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. I want you to read this verse, Romans 5, 8 through 9. And, and a lot of times we read verses aloud here. I, I want you to read this silently and read it to yourself. And I don't want you to let it sink in. So I'm just going to give you a second to read over this. God shows His love for us, that and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. Typo aside that's really a powerful verse. That's why I wanted you to just let it sink in this morning. I look at that verse and I wonder how in the world do I get up off my knees and not just be thankful for God every morning for that? How do I even uh, will myself to move when I think that he, Christ, blameless, the Son of God, fully God, fully man, died on a cross for me? While I'm still a sinner, while I still mess up all the time, he did that for me. How can I ever do anything but thank him and the only thing I can think of the only thing that can will me out of of just an utter state of thankfulness is being able to go out into the world and that be my mission that be what drives me every day Bring that gospel, that beautiful message to the ends of the earth or the dark corners of the world, whether it be in your family or in your workplace or in your schools or wherever it be. But be thankful you have a purpose. That purpose is what Jesus Christ did for you. We didn't deserve a sacrifice. We've done nothing deserving of God sacrificing his own son. But that's what He did for us. And so if you, you have salvation, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that I ask you to just keep looking at that verse. If you need to, on your notes, write that down. Let that sink in. Because you shouldn't breathe without thinking that you have a purpose. And it's something you need to be thankful for. If you don't know Christ... The amazing thing is you can still have a thankfulness for this. Because the truth is, whether you believe it or not, and I hope you do, that there is a God out there who has not ignored you. A God that loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And that means if you'd only confess that you are a sinner, that you've messed up, and that you believe that he is who he says he is, and commit your life to follow him. And that gift that Paul talks about, being saved from the wrath of God, eternal life, and a life of fulfillment that you could never know on this world, that's waiting for you. Jesus gives us a lot to be thankful for. Thankfulness at its core is just an act of worship. It's an act of worship. Worship itself is not supposed to be a a once-a-week activity. It's not one of those things that belongs in the confines of of just this building. Thankfulness itself doesn't belong just on Sunday mornings or just on holidays or just when you have a a meal and you say, God, thank you for this food. That's not where thankfulness belongs because it's worship. We're supposed to be praising him every day for that. And so while I give you three big reasons why why we should be thanking God for his authority and, and providing for us and for his son, I want to also give you two ways we are to be thankful, kind of the how we're supposed to be thankful. First one is thank him frequently. Thank him frequently. Don't stop. Thank God all the time. I want you to look at this verse. First 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says this, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That verse, pray without ceasing, um, when I was younger, always used to really trip me up because I often look, um, equated the act of prayer with the posture of prayer. So I'm like, so if I'm driving, how am I supposed to like bow my head and close my eyes? How exactly does that work? Well, the truth is, It's an attitude. It's an attitude where you're carrying a worshipful heart towards God all day. And one of the easiest ways you can do that is with a thankful heart. The thankful heart. I, um, driving around this week, was really trying to apply that in in the best way possible and and, uh, really just trying to thank God in whatever opportunity. So I'd be, like, driving down the road and uh, listening to a, a song comes on the radio, and I'd just be like, I love this song. God, thank you for this song. And while it kind of seemed silly to me at first, I'm like by myself and, and thanking God for a, a measly song. At the same time, I realized how much joy the gift of music in the world was. And while it was just a tiny thing, it brought me closer to God just to be thankful for it. I'm a big TCU fan. And when Boise State lost this week, I was very thankful. <laughs> I'm like, yes, number three in the rankings hoping for more people to lose. <laughs> Just little things in your life. You may think, no, oh, it's silly. Why should I thank God for a song that comes on the radio? Why should I thank God for the tiniest of compliments? Why should you not thank God for those things? Because while those may be small things, or even ranging to big things, the truth of the matter is, all of it is deserving to thank God for. All of it. Why wouldn't we want to draw near to God and thank him for everything in our lives? That's a verse in James. I love that verse. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's what's great about the little things and the big things in your life. The more you're thankful for them and in communication with God for those. Just all day, every day, you're drawing near to him and he's drawing near to you. And I promise you, you'll feel that. It's not anything magical. It's just the character of God and who he is. He wants to be closer to you. That's what he does. But that's all well and good when things are going really well and lots of good songs are on the radio <laughs> and lots of people are giving you compliments and life is good. We all know life doesn't stay that way. It brings me to my second way we need to give thanks to God. That's we need to give thanks to God in adversity. Give thanks to God when things are tough. I was reading a devotional book this week with my wife, and um, it had a great sentence that really stuck with me all week. It said, Thankfulness takes the sting out of adversity. I just loved how that was worded. I really did. Because it's true. Having a thankful heart and a thankful attitude doesn't make those bad times go away. But it really kind of pushes back on it and takes the sting out of it. Makes a little of the painfulness easier to take. Some of you are going through some really tough things. Some things that, that I honestly could not imagine dealing with. But taking those things with a thankful heart can really make you stronger in, in the long run. I want you to look at this verse. It's in uh, James, it's the second verse in James. It says this Count it all joy, my brothers. When you meet troubles of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Steadfastness, this like endurance in your life, should look at adversity as a way to build up your strength. Uh, When I was in in middle school, I remember my first week of uh, football practice in middle school. Um, I had been in peewee football, but nothing would prepare me for waking up at 5 in the morning and, uh, and doing this. Um, the first week we didn't have pads on, so we weren't doing any contact things, so everything was drills. Everything was just working us to the bone, and, the, and really the coaches were trying to break us. I mean, that's honestly what it was. And so we did all these drills, all this running, uh, all these different things, and at the end of practice the coaches were like, okay, we have 15 minutes left. need you guys all to line up. We're going to do leapfrogs. I'm like, what is a what's a leapfrog? What, what that sounds like a fun game, you know? It's not fun. There's nothing fun about leapfrog. This was before we were split into like A, B, and C teams or whatever. We were just one big group. So like, I don't know, there were probably like 60 or 70 seventh graders out there, and uh, we lined up in this huge long line that stretched around the parking lot, basically. And the game <laughs> was the person in the back of the line has to leapfrog over every person. Every person until they get to the front and the person in the back does it again. You just keep going and going until the person who started the line at the beginning is at the back and they go through it. That's not fun. It's torture is what it was. Because of this day, a lot of kids just quit because they just couldn't take it. It was a little too hard for them. It was really funny actually when you were walking around the halls, you could tell who had been at, uh, at football practice because their legs kept giving out. Like, so they'd be like walking like, Hey, Johnny, help, okay, I'm good. Just good. Right. Hey, hey. I was like, oh, gosh. Funny thing is I was doing that in the first service, and this whole mic just went boom and just like fell off. I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> that, that was the thing. You could always tell who, who was just sore and aching. But the truth is, after two or three weeks, our muscles were so much stronger. And by the time it came, came time for game time, we could make it through a whole game without being tired or exhausted like we were that first week of practice. We did good. Those kids who quit, if they were to join in mid-season and just play a game, they wouldn't make it. It was that that difficult time, that first week of practice, where we just started working and building our muscles. It was painful. And it, and it drove us all insane. But it made us stronger. And the truth is, we need to look at our adversity in life like that. It hurts. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense. But when we get to the other side of it, we're going to be so much stronger. Like I said, Maddie and I have only been married three weeks. And just the thought of some, some of the things my friends have been dealing with in their marriages, and they've only been married two or three years, I can't imagine going through that. Knowing some of your stories, some of the stories of other people who are married, hearing of the brokenness and the financial difficulty, the the emotional difficulty, parenting difficulties. I can't imagine going through that. But what I know is that when those adversities come, when those difficult times come, if I take it with a thankful heart and say, God, thank you for this, it does not feel good, it does not look pretty. But God, thank you that I'm becoming stronger because of it, because of your strength of your Holy Spirit. If I look at every situation like that, even the next situation that may be a little more difficult to deal with, I'm going to be able to take and handle a lot easier. Our lives aren't sprints, they're marathons. And a lot of times we have to push through some of the most difficult times. We have to be thankful in adversity. The verse in uh, Ephesians, Ephesians 5.20, says this. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always and for everything. All the time, having a thankful attitude and a thankful heart and for everything, good, bad, mediocre, doesn't matter we are supposed to have a thankful heart. So here's my question for the day, for the week. Hopefully you take it for the rest of your lives. How different would your family be? How different would this church be? How, how different would your individual life be if you took out some of the bitterness you may hold in your heart and replaced it with thankfulness? Thankfulness for who God is. Thankfulness for, for this world he's created and how he's provided for us. Thankfulness for his son and what he's done for us. How different would your life be? if Thankfulness wasn't just a once a week thing or an every meal thing or maybe even a one holiday a year thing. The sad part is, I, I can say this honestly for myself, I think if I hadn't been writing this sermon all the things I was so thankful for and said I was so thankful for on Thanksgiving I probably would have forgot them today. Not that I'm any less thankful for them. My heart just wouldn't be in it anymore. I think that's just one of those things that happens to us too often. The things of life get in our way and we choose to stop being thankful for the things that God's given us. I encourage you this week as as you leave and some of you are in here with family my family's here To you drive home be thankful for what he's done because it's bigger than you could ever imagine you bow your heads maybe today you're like I said maybe you feel that bitterness in your heart you have a cold spot in your heart Maybe you struggle with just worrying too much and you can never have a full thankful heart for who God is. It's just something blocking the way. What's so amazing about who Christ is and who Jesus is 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 that what He did for us, filling us with the Holy Spirit, we have the power to overcome that. So I encourage you. You know who you are if that's something you're struggling with and you have... Have that cold spot in your heart. You can pray today and ask God for the strength to overcome that. Spend spend some time in prayer right now in this moment saying, God, I'm sorry that I haven't been living in the joy that you want for me. God, take this coldness away from me and replace it with thankfulness. And this week, begin practicing that. You may feel silly. You may feel goofy being so thankful for um, a a car wash or thankful for a a song on the radio, whatever it is. But I promise you, even the silly things that you're thankful for will really drive you to be a more thankful person at heart. Maybe you're one of those people who's just wondering, how how am I supposed to be thankful if I, I don't even know who Jesus is? And that's something you can solve today, too. encourage you, if that's something you want to, want to do, if you want to begin living your life for Jesus Christ, you can pray for that today. After the service, me and, and Randy and our, our staff will be down front. You can, you're more than welcome to come talk with us. But right now, if that's you, if you want Jesus in your life, all you have to do is, is, is pray and tell him. He's open to it. You'd say a prayer like this. Say, God, I know I'm a sinner, and I've messed up. Father, I pray that that you would just come into my life. God, I believe in you. I believe in what Christ did for me on the cross. Now I want to commit my life to you. That's it. There's nothing magical about those words. It's just you admitting to God that, you're a sinner, and coming to Him. So if you prayed that prayer, we would love to talk to you after the service. If you're a Christian, if you're saved in this room, then hearing that prayer should make you be filled with thankfulness because all those things are decisions you made, and God wants you to be living under that, and it's something to be so thankful for that you, you're experiencing that in your life. Father, thank you. Thank you for being who you are and never changing. We are so undeserving, but God, you have blessed us with your authority that so many times we try to fight against. God, you've blessed us with provisions, even though we don't deserve what is yours. And God, you've given us your son, which we most certainly don't deserve, but it was such a gracious sacrifice. Father, I pray this week that we we would begin changing our hearts, all of us in this room towards thankfulness, not ignoring the little things, not only focusing on the big things, but God, we would be thankful in all things, big, small, good, bad, or mediocre, God, whatever it is, Father, I pray that you would be the focus and attention of our hearts this week. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you all for being here this morning. I don't preach as long as Bart does, <laughs> uh, so y'all can be thankful for that. Um, <laughs> um, just to let you know, um, Randy mentioned it just as a reminder. If you have children, uh, this Friday we're having our student ministry is hosting what we're calling a drop-in shop. Um, it's going to be really a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. All the the students who work, if the money will go directly to helping them um, get to camp this year and uh, other summer events. So um, like I said, it's $15 per child, and then there's the cap. So if you have tons of children, that's okay. You get to play, pay the mm-hmm. standardized price. So I um, hope you, you'll come for that. If, even if you just need a night off and you don't necessarily need to shop, this would be a great thing for it. So it's 5 to 9 this Friday. If you guys have any questions um, about any event or anything like that, you can feel free to talk to me. Randy's going to be down here. Um, if you made a decision today, we, would, we, we want to talk to you about that. Um, So please come talk to us. Um, Otherwise, you can check things out on the website. Um, So glad you're here today. Uh, Really appreciate it. You guys are dismissed. Have a great day.